Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Veil. How are you doing, guys? I'm fine. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode. Hi everyone. Welcome again. How was your week? Yep, my week went well. All good here. I just got back from seeing a movie at the cinemas after like over a year since the pandemic started. So yeah, all good. Nice. Yeah, my week was fine. It was um it was just there actually, nothing spectacular happened. Oh yeah, other than the couple of emails I received in the past week. Oh my goodness. So backstory, I'm sure you all know now that I am a teaching assistant in the school I'm currently at and to be honest, these students are oh, I don't even know how to explain it. Some of the emails just make me laugh. And I think that's my highlight of this past week. An example of an email I received from a student was, A, as you may have noticed, I wasn't in class. What happened? More like me giving you updates on what happened. I started with A, as you may have noticed. Oh, look, Benny, I did not notice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's my actually goodness. hilarious. <laughs> In fact, another one I remember clearly is um, a student sending me an email saying um, regarding the assignment from so, 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 instruction number, so, 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 does not make any sense. And I'm like, hold up, hold up. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what was the instruction itself? And maybe it's just me, but how do, how do you go and tell maybe your lecturer that the instruction do- doesn't make any sense? Like, wow. I don't even <laughs> so the thing is, this particular week assignment kind of referred them back to some assignment they did like two, three weeks ago, right? So that particular instruction says, based on what you did in that week, give explanation on what you researched in the past week. And obviously, they just researched that thing and they didn't like they didn't give any explanation on that. And that was just the assignment. So this particular week is telling you, go back and read on it. It's very simple. Now, so students send me emails, say, hello, instruction number, so, so, so does not make any sense. Or am I missing something? <laughs> I can imagine how surprised you will have been coming from Nigeria. And oh, my like, goodness. Wow. The culture difference is wide. That's that's actually really funny. Anyways, my week was okay. Um, it was a lot stressful actually, but yeah, not bad. Um, nothing different, nothing, nothing really. Just work and what's not. So on today's episode, we'll be discussing a very important topic. We wanted to talk about this topic because this is something that likely affects. The financial life of black people, a demographic we belong in, both at home and also in the diaspora. Without further ado, we'll be talking about black tax today, how it has affected us, if we benefited from it, and every other thing around it, basically. So what do you guys understand by black tax? So for me, I know black tax is um, a term that originally originated from south africa and it's basically money or income that a black person gives their family members or their extended like their family immediate family or extended family members to support them 
And yeah, that's that's my understanding of black tax. I think to talk about black tax with, without trying to understand like exactly sometimes what it means to be black would be like looking at it from just one perspective. Now, we come from a place where there is this whole communal thing like around it. So maybe to explain that, like most of us grew up knowing, you know, our extended families, even meeting them for like events, ceremonies, like being in that close, like neat kind of um, family structure, even with people who probably are just related to us through maybe a grandparent or great grandparent. Now, because of that structure, it means that if one person out of the family is able to, you know, do really well for themselves or, you know, be relatively well off financially, because we have that communal structure where before you got to that level, most likely someone in the family has, you know, contributed to one or two things, or even if it's not financially, you know, maybe you've gone to their house for holidays and you grew up with their own kids or something because there's that structure there's that unspoken expectation that you know you're well off so you should be able to give something back so i see black tax as something that is so interwoven with who we are as like a people and when i say who we are you know nigerian for example we could even go as far as casting the net white to say africa as a whole and this doesn't just affect like people in in africa or people who still live back home it also affects people who live in the diaspora because we manage to keep those bonds those familial bonds and because they're never cut off really or you know you never stop being family with people there is always that risk that people are going to look up to you, you know, to help them with stuff, you know, especially finances, right? So for me, black tax is more than just um, money that you give. It's also your time. It's also the unspoken expectation because even when people don't explicitly ask you, it's expected kind of, do you get what I mean? So for me, yeah, black tax is kind of synonymous to our structure, you know, the structure of our families are, you know, bonded back home. Very interesting. I think you just hit the nail on the head with your explanation of um black tax. Is why you were going to say something before I go ahead? Yeah, I was going to add to one if I was saying that it's actually more expectation so i hear you guys when you said expectation but something i've always thought about is is it really an expectation or maybe it is something that that's just in our head due to how we grew up and how the structure is for example yeah like anifa said you grew up among your extended family like that maybe it's just a visit to their house or something but you have this close relationship with with them and just by default the way you see your parents relate or the family the other md the older one relates um i just sort of have a subtle um i just kind of have a subtle imprint in your mindset yeah and somehow somehow you just start to get the memo and the whole thing just continues from generation to generation 
Right. So I feel, yeah, so I feel one of the things I missed earlier when I was talking about, you know, black tax, what it is, it's also the fact that in Nigeria, at least, like, we don't really have a function now, like, social, what's this word? It's like welfare, social safety net, right? Like, yeah. it's it's more or less like people then have to look at each other or look towards their family to help them. Not like, oh, there's this notion of student loans, for instance. I don't think we have that back home. So there are so many things that make it not just um, because, oh, we saw our parents doing it. It's because there's a real gap, like there's a need for all this financial help, all this like, um, you know, mentorship, but there's nothing, you know, as a state, like as a social, like safety net that provides this. So black tax essentially fills that gap, you know. For people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think you are correct. You're correct about that. So what do you think, um, or how do you think rather this this started? Um do you do you just think it it was an unconscious thing and before we we could realize it, it just grew out of it and be, um, grew out of ants. And because the government or um the society we kind of find ourselves isn't doing anything about it. It just becomes a, a structure of people looking up to people or looking to people. How did you think it's the old um, black tax, black tax started? And personally, I feel like um, it begins in it begins in childhood, to be honest. And it's it's about, for instance, the kind of neighborhood you grew up in. So, in terms of education, let me relate it to let me say blacks here in America. In terms of education, black children often attend schools with less qualified and you know lower paid teachers or instructors or whatever. And to be honest, black children are like are less likely than white children to have access to resources that pre- that prepares them for you know better, should I say higher education and better paying job and all of that. And at the end of the day, you realize that there are so many black people in lower paying jobs and. Um, I don't know. It's just, I just feel like all of these things amount to like it's it's like a build up, and at the end of the day, they still cannot. Um, what's the right word? I think I understand what what you're saying. Yeah, you see what in the US, for example, and if I mentioned earlier, things like student loan and whatnot has made it like a bit easy, even though it's not so easy because at the end of the day, we see a lot of people tweet about how they've been paying loans for years, right? So imagine when I'm done with school, while I'm supposed to start something for my life, but I still have to like spend the next five, ten years trying to pay back a loan I took just to be able to like be something or do something, which is also like the same, it's like the same cycle. It's not like it doesn't really help, but yeah, it solved the problem, but not in the long run. So if I may have to, like, what you both have said, I think the origins of the whole black tax thing is historically, you know, in families, things were not always equal. So even from our movies, like in in Nollywood, you see things like, oh, you know, maybe the family is very poor, the parents pulled money together and then finally managed to send the firstborn child, 
you know, to a very good school and they they were able to make something of themselves finally. And maybe their siblings were maybe always working in the farm, you know, towards contributing to their elder sibling with the hope that when this person, you know, gets that success or something, they can come back and put the same amount back into, you know, some, some other people in the family. So for me, the very origin of black tax would be like, there's inequality. And we can argue that, you know, there's inequality everywhere and things like that. But I'm talking about inequality even in families where we place all the hopes and dreams of the entire family on one of the kids or, you know, one member of the family and pull all resources on them. And then everyone in the family is working towards that person making it. And then, you know, that person goes off and makes something, you know, of themselves. And you expect that this person is going to give back in some way. Now, imagine that person now says, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do this. It's a burden on me. But the question really is, that was what made you. So in my own opinion, like the origin is inequality, imbalance, not being enough. Like there's no enough resources. Like I said, no social safety net in any way. And the fact that, you know, people contributed to you and you just have to do like continue it as well. You have to give back to people as well. So that's why I think it's lasted so long because people feel that responsibility of, hey, like, you know, my uncle sent me to school or my uncle paid my school fees or this, that, you know, I'm also going to do the same for his kids. So how is something that pervasive supposed to end? And also... The, the gap between the rich and the poor in Nigeria is so it's so wide and it's it is almost like in evidence for something like black tax to come into play because that's like the only thing that people probably look look to to kind of survive from day to day and just look to, to survive and pull through things live um situations they found themselves and also in, in, in case of opportunities they don't want to let go but need some funds to process. Um, these are the, the these are the instances in which black tax has helped fill and also and fill the gaps and also help people like achieve something. So for me, like really, I think in addition to everything we've said, like Nigeria really is is a poor country. Like about forty percent of the total population, you know, live below the country's poverty line, which is let's say about 140,000 naira per year. And these things put in perspective, like when you see the statistics, you then understand why when one person makes it and becomes very rich or even just is doing slightly better than every other person, the family tends to look towards that person, you know, for help, for guidance, for, you know, them to put them on. And that's just why black tax is something that has always been there in different forms and will probably continue to go on for a very long time. It's just our reality and it's the society we live in. Wait, Anifa, did you say 147,000 per year or per month? I said 
40% of our total population, that's Nigeria, live below the country's poverty line of 140, about 140,000 naira per year. I didn't say per month. Oh my God, per, per year. year. That's what you heard, yeah. That's poverty. So put that in perspective. Wow. <laughs> do you see why? Do you, do, you, do you see the problem? So I think instead of talking about, oh, why it's there, because we, we all know why, let's face it, or why it's going to continue to happen, what my perspective would be is that how do we make sure that we have a good balance of things? Like, Because in the past, you have people sacrificing all their living, like savings, everything towards helping other people and forgetting to live for themselves. So how do we make sure that you're paying some sort of black tax here, but you're still living your life and you're not like going o- over the board with it? Um, basically, how do we find, like, how do we properly manage um, the situation with black tax that we don't feel pressured and um, right, Anifa? Correct. And I mean, for me, like, I'm also curious about, like, our personal experiences as well. Like, are we, is any of us paying black tax in some form? Did we ever benefit from it, you know? Like, I'm curious about our own actual experiences as well. Um, I think in my own scenario. <laughs> okay, um, I think in my own experience, it's actually funny because I kind of forcefully benefited from it. <laughs> and, yeah, it's... I said forcefully because I was hoping this person is, is wasn't doing it as a result of pressure, yeah, or whatever it is. That has happened in the past, and at the same time, I was trying to prevent like that pressure expectation being passed on to me. And well, I didn't have a choice in that situation, yeah. But how I've been able to manage it, um, how I've been able to manage the situation was basically just telling myself that you know what, this is fine and good, you're where you are, and it is what it is already. Um, just try to make sure that you don't. Like, when you get past this stage in life, and that was in uni anyways, like, maybe after uni and, like, get a job and what. Like, basically, I just told myself that, regardless of how this goes, once I'm done with school and things start turning out, I, I will try as much as possible not to do things out of pressure and, yeah, give back, but also um, try to be clear with it and not make it, not make it unconsciously become a generational, um, a generational thing, yeah. And, yeah. That's just how I've been able to like manage it. So for me, I, to be honest, I haven't benefited from black tax. <laughs> but I think when it comes to if I actually pay black tax, I, yeah, I do. But the thing is, it's not exactly to family members. Like it's not exactly to close family members or extended. I feel like they're like, just some people that you're related to by, uh, I don't even know how to describe the relationship, but you're not exactly related, but you still kind of have some obligations towards them, or rather, they still have so much expectations from you and all of that. Yeah, um, I totally forgot to answer the if, like, if I currently play, pay black tax part. To me, I try not to think about that black tax. It's very funny because... <laughs> 
I was, I, I'm always like, it's the least you can do, yeah. And these people, well, I think they don't need me to survive, but yeah, if they have me, it's a bonus. So why not, if not? Um, so I try not to see it from the black tax perspective. And also, I was going to ask, is black tax something that you do continuously? Well, I won't call that black tax, but like you asked earlier, if black tax is something you do continue, I think, yeah, black tax is something you do continuously. And as as much as you try to, um, I don't know if avoid is the right word, but sometimes we can't avoid it, to be honest. Yeah, true. But the monthly one, yeah, I try to think about that black tax because, yeah, without you, they will still survive, but it's just like a bonus, I guess. I think that's how I've been able to manage that one and do that anyways. You're probably not thinking about it as black tax because you didn't read me like you didn't read deeper. Like well read deeper into I would say it. I'm trying not to read deeper Whether into or not it. They can survive or they can't survive. To be honest, it's still black tax because it's kind of like an expectation from you and it's an obligation on your own part. So True. True. True, true, true. I think I'm just trying to like um sugarcoat it and not make myself exactly, like think exactly, too deeply about exactly. it or be you sad about it. Yeah. Many minutes into it and say, oh yeah, you're not exactly giving black tax, Mama. Whether or not they can survive, you are giving black tax. I I feel like it's kind of all this mental gymnastics we do just to make ourselves feel better. Like eh, it's not really that bad, but you know, it's actually that deep. So. For me, like, I've definitely benefited from, you know, people paying black tax to me, either because they feel like uh, my parents did something that helped them in their own journeys and they wanted to help uh, because they could. But I don't feel like I'm obligated, outside of my immediate family, that is to really pay back, like, black tax like that. And for me, even within my family, I know it's kind of like my responsibility and things like that. But at the same time, what I do is that I want to set like my people up, my family members up for success. Remember what I said earlier about, you know, we pull so much resources on one person and then look up to that person forever. How about we have a scenario where people actually get their own opportunity to be invested in without anybody looking at them, you know, say that, oh, in the future, we expect you to do this. Basically, just setting them up for success. And the idea with that is it's going to be like limited time. Like it's not going to be forever. And hopefully they can then stand on their own feet and do whatever the hell they want with their lives. The point is that I I pay it, but I look at it as hopefully something that would be temporary because I like I don't see how realistic it is that I'm gonna be responsible for a certain number of people forever, in addition to every other thing I may pick up in my adult life. Like that is not realistic at all. And that's where I think the mind shift needs to happen that. Look, if you're helping people, it shouldn't be from a place of, yeah, I'm going to always give you 10,000 naira every month. You know, that person needs to understand that, oh, this 10,000 naira I'm giving you or paying towards your school fees or something is to set you up for success. And it's not going to be there forever. You know, you also need to try to 
use all these things you're being provided with to help yourself get better. Because I think the problem comes from when, for example, say you have a parent who maybe sponsored their own sibling to school and helped them, you know, in some way. And then those people have kids and those, their kids are still looking up to your parent again to be the one to pay. Like, I think that's where the big problem it is, where it's now crossing generation, generations rather, where one person continuously puts back without even getting some form of respite or like just like a break away from always paying this tax. It messes up with you. It messes up with your mind. In fact, it's going to affect some of your responsibilities. Some other things will suffer, you know, because you're trying to always show up for this same set of people. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think this is actually where teaching them financial literacy comes into play. I mean, it is very important because you're not necessarily taking on financial responsibility of people that we are supporting, but instead rather equipping them to be independent teach them how to fish and not necessarily always give them fish do you get and that is where we start talking to them about how to manage their money instead of always giving them giving them teach them the whole the the whole thing the whole stuff about budgeting how to save money how to live within their means and all of that i mean in the long run you know that that way you're not putting your responsibilities you're not putting your burdens on me in i mean like permanently, we, we we're going to see it as a temporary situation, right? And also, I remember I wanted to say something when um I think Alifa mentioned benefiting from black tax. Now that I think of it, I think I might have benefited from it in some way, and that's because you know there's some people like Alifa mentioned. There's some people that you know our parents probably had like one thing or the other to do with their success today and. Over time, they they kind of feel obligated to to do something for their kids or to do. I mean, it might be one off. But- yeah, I think the scenario and if I painted also like applies to me or maybe um your parents helping out like someone they feel oh yeah I'm in that capacity and I can't do it. I think that was basically um just it too. But you try to just make yourself understand that you too don't have to like continue. You're not like you're not expected to to continue like that that loop and um i want i wanted to ask a question have you ever felt someone else is acting entitled to your to your to your money so i wanted to like something that came to my mind when we're talking was that you know black tax is usually seen as uh it's usually from family immediate family like I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you have some friends that also feel entitled or feel like, oh, they should benefit from you, you know, amongst the group of friends. You seem to be doing well and things like that. And if we're going to be inclusive of friends and family as people who benefit from black tax, I think, yes, I've had some set of people who come across to me like, oh, yeah, Anifa, we know you're okay. We know you're doing well. So when I ask you for this, or, you know, when I ask you for 5000 or 10000 it shouldn't be a problem for you to give me. And what these people fail to realize is that, first of all, I'm a salary earner. <laughs> you know, I have my own bills as well. I have to pay normal tax. I have to live my life. And 
you might be asking me for something that looks small to you, but I just don't have it in that moment. Do you get what I mean? So I've definitely felt some moments where like some people come to me, not necessarily from family, really. I think my family is very like understanding, especially my immediate family, because we have our own unique family situation and all. But I feel it mostly from certain friends where they just come to me with stuff. And it just seems sometimes, even even sometimes what they ask me for, I, I look at it, I'm like, okay, if you were asking me for something that maybe it's towards school or towards your traveling, it, it would make a lot of sense to me why you felt backed in a corner and you thought to reach out to me. But I've gotten some really weird asks that I don't even want to mention here because People will know I'm talking directly to them. But definitely, like, I feel certain people feel entitled to my money. In addition to that, I think another thing is because you you kind of come off as someone that has it figured out or someone that is any more or someone that is that is even living abroad, they just see it as, oh, my God, she get money now. So this, like, this minute thing I'm asking her shouldn't be so much of a big deal. Yeah, for me, personally, I also have a couple of people that feel entitled to the money I do it would have. You're ready? <laughs> this is what you don't have to have it. Dollar is, like, how much to one era. They've calculated it in their head. So they are just saying, ah, it's like two naira I'm asking from Isi Watt now in their head. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you guys don't even know. You just see, like, you probably see me out there and you feel like I have it all figured out. Oh, my God, she's living good. Like, and if I mentioned, yeah, we all have bills. We have, like, responsibilities. And you don't even know, our like, our financial capacity. But you just assume that, oh, I, I, after all, you're not in Nigeria now. You suppose get money, you suppose uh, maybe like any Aisha mentioned though, maybe it's the dollar that is deceiving them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also feel like <laughs> yeah, I, I totally relate to this whole thing of oh Shebina, you're earning in dollars, you're earning in pounds. Dude, I'm also paying tax in pounds. Do you know we pay over forty percent tax, you know, depending on what your pay is and things like that. And you have to pay things like council tax in the UK. Like there's so we were still talking about in in a group I was on where this UK is just taxed left and right, and that is the price of living in a sane society or in a society that provides you with some you know social and health safety net. And then someone is asking me for twenty k randomly out of the blue maybe in the middle of the month when I've already spent all my, you know, salary and things like that. So to be honest, I, I people feel entitled, definitely. Like, yeah, I, I feel it a lot of times, actually. You don't even want to get me started on this tax thing. And if I just mentioned, even me as a student, like I know how much tax I pay on basic things to start with not now talk of the um, like your earnings you pay here in america you pay tax you pay state tax you pay federal tax you pay you know there's sometimes that i want to buy some things and i'm like damn do i really need this thing because the tax is crazy i've even heard of some people buying stuff and having it shipped to like other states that pay lesser state tax or you know they don't like charge so much tax on them and i don't know how they have it like i don't know how they finally get their stuff shipped back to them but the point is imagine trying to like 
ration like ration all these things because of tax and then you now think that oh i have more money somewhere that i actually am earning in dollar well don't forget the fuck off this is what <laughs> calm down but yeah um we're still talking about this whole currency thing yeah me that i'm even earning in this same hour naira and like anifa said i'm a salary earner and i plan my money to a very large extent so you might come to me and think oh i'm just asking for 5k 20k 25k my dear, that salary I'm expecting, I have divided it already before it comes in. So if you come and you feel, ah, Aisha is like the software engineer, blah, 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 all this Twitter nonsense that, that it's even you people, that you people think, <laughs> people think we are any money. <laughs> A thought just occurred to me right now. You know how we have some, some Nigerians who live here in the diaspora and, you know, they work a normal nine to five. But whenever they go back home, they take out a lot of money or sometimes take loans, credit card loans, go to Nigeria, change that pounds or that dollars to Naira, and they ball when they go home. Do you feel like that also contributes like to the expectation of uh you're in the diaspora now, no matter what, you know, are you sure they leave UK US? She'll still be able to spend a lot of money. She still uh, she be your mate went and he came and he bought us, he gave us this, he took us to that. Do you feel like that also contributes to it? Like people are not just being honest about the fact that they don't have this money, it's either a loan or some money they saved over a period of time, and they're just using it to keep up appearances. But yeah, I think because a a, a percentage of, of the people have decided to like show off in the name of oh, how can people know that um I, I I've been in the in the UK for this I am for the whole year without like showing it up when I get back to Nigeria and stuff like that does not mean that everybody else as it's like as it the same way or the lifestyle the lifestyle you chose to 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 live is nobody's business. If you if you choose to like suffer, you can just come and show off in Nigeria how well and good. Don't project that person's um way of life on my way of life or what you should expect from me, I guess. So um I think another perspective we can also look at this whole black tax black tax thing is from religious perspective. We are Muslims, yeah. And there are some certain things that have been put in place to make us not go through this those through this hardship or pressure of paying black tax. Um, the religion has set aside certain responsibilities on every individual just to make sure like the gap is not so wide. But the reason why it's still wide, I guess, is because people are not like fulfilling those obligations. Yeah. Um, for example, we have um Sadako, we have Zakat payment, which is basically just for this purpose. First of all, like we have a variety of listeners. Like, what exactly is Zakat? What what is Sadako? You know. So zakat is um a certain amount meant to be paid on your yearly income after you've been able to um save a certain amount also for you to be entitled to pay this sum of money you have to have had at least let's say for example hundred thousand over the past one year saved without debt and anything then on that hundred thousand you are meant to pay two point five of it if I'm correct and this money is meant for people that are in need um people that 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 are trying to like um start a business or something basically um this money is basically meant for the less privileged and the sole purpose of this act of worship 
is just to be able to bridge that gap between the rich and the poor. So I think I should have said it all, but maybe to buttress what you said further, like zakat is a pillar of Islam. Like it's not, it's obligatory. It's one of those things that you have to count amongst the things you do to say that I am a Muslim. So it basically requires Muslims to give 2.5% of their qualifying wealth. So qualifying wealth has some sort of guidelines around it each year to help other Muslims who need it across a different like range of categories. It's a spiritual duty and it's a very vital part of the Islamic social welfare system. Remember earlier that I mentioned that one of the reasons why we pay black tax is because we don't have a social welfare system. And, you know, Islam in its pure state has propositioned this pillar, this idea. So it's more than just a random act of charity. It's actually an obligation that kind of benefits the whole Muslim community. So the ultimate purpose when you look at it is for Muslims who are paying zakat, it's a way to also cleanse or purify your wealth and basically help the economy by making sure people who need those, um, who need that help, who need that lift, are actually getting it and they have a chance to fulfill their potential. So when it really works, like when Zakat works properly, it has a very long-term impact on, you know, the whole Muslim community. So when you think about it this way, as Muslims, we are paying some form of tax. Like it's not really tax, but we have to. And if only more people were doing this, like, probably the state of things would be a lot better, right? But at the same time, one thing I wanted to bring out from this was you heard that there's a, like there's a band to it, 2.5%. It's not unlimited. It's not like, oh, 100% or 60% of what you make. And also it is on a, like you must have saved a particular amount over the year. So for example, I'm, I'm working right now and I'm paying for some sort of black tax. Um, and because of that reason, I haven't been able to save up it, 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 um, the num- um, the the minimum requirement to be able to enable me to pay zakat. Um, in, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to be put in a place or um in a place of inconvenience just to be able to pay it. It's 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 an act of it's something that's done conveniently. Anyway, we've said a lot around um you know black tax how it started things like that. Do you ladies know that there are some people who have never paid black tax, who probably will never pay? And my question to those people, if they are listening to this podcast is, my darlings, how does it feel to be God's favorite? <laughs> I think I'm actually, in, I'm also, sorry, I'm also interested in knowing how it feels. Well, I remember having this conversation with a couple of my friends, um, I think um, two weeks ago, and we're just looking at trying to imagine people that don't pay it. I think this is likely because, uh, for example, some people that are born into generational wealth, I don't think they have to worry about something like this, right? <laughs> In other words, black tax is a poor people's problem. Oh, no. Okay, got it. <laughs> yes, no, it's true. 
I mean, when you don't have generational wealth, to be honest, there is more pressure on fi- on the families to support themselves and especially those that earn more. There is no way it's not affect you. Sorry. So for me, like, what are the what do you think are the ways to make sure you balance this whole black tax thing? Like knowing that if you're probably from a certain demographic or a certain background you're always going to get requests or even if you don't get requests there's a silent um expectation how do you handle it you know on your part how do you think you what are things you feel you need to do better to make sure you're handling it better as well like how do you just make sure you're not giving your entire life away in black tax how do you even know that you are not doing more than you are capable of? Like, so, there's this um, guilty conscience, I would say, that comes with you knowing you have and not being conscious about how much you have. But because you think, oh, I have, you keep, you keep, you keep like, responding once they come knocking, yeah. And before you know it, you realize that what I've worked for one year and I haven't even been able to do anything about it. And also, do you guys feel guilty when maybe you are not able to, like, help somebody at a particular point and you have to, like, leave some, maybe enjoy yourself a bit or you happen to, like, have some experiences and do you ever feel guilty at that point and be like, oh, I feel, I don't want to do this for myself just because um, somebody asked and maybe I, I don't know, I don't know if you guys get what I'm trying to say, but have you ever felt guilty? Mine is even, like, in a situation where, for example, I've been wanting, let's say, something for a very long time yeah and i've been saving up for it and you come knocking maybe what whatever you wanted is taking 10 percent out of that my what i'm saving towards i i I sit back at the point and i and i just start feeling guilty like i'm at this point where i know this thing may be luxury to me but it's something i really want and i've been working towards it at the same time let's say this person is for something also maybe quite important but it's not like they can't always like figure it out at that point, I'm just at at this at this at this um I'm just I'm just I just find myself in between these two things and I don't know what to do. Um and also that, that brings me to the point I made. If you are not careful about your your earnings and if you don't plan financially well, you just keep giving when they come knocking. And before you know it, a year will pass and you wouldn't have been able to like you wouldn't recognize how much of of your earnings you've actually just dashed out in the name of black tax so for me if i may go like i i do a few things to make sure that yeah i pay black tax and all these different things and i get requests all the time i do a few things to make sure that i'm not going above board and part of that is first of all realizing that Yes, one person can make a lot of difference, but at the end of the day, you are still just one person. Realizing that if something happens to you today and you die, all of these people who you think cannot survive without you or are so dependent on you, they are going to live their lives. It may be hard at first, but they're going to survive. That's one. Secondly, realize that you need to get comfortable with saying no. I think increasingly as I've become like an adult, I realized that I, I, it was very hard for me to say no to people. 
but now like i say it all the time not because i'm mean or wicked or i don't want to help but i just don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to and realizing that is very important so when you understand that at the end of the day you're just one person that it's okay to say no then you are more likely in a frame of mind to look at requests coming to you objectively and you know, simply be able to say, oh, okay, I can't take this on, or this is um, what I will be able to help with, or even say, oh, I'll be able to help by this time. But like, you're doing it in your own time, you're doing it in your own, you know, capacity, and not because, oh, it, people are coming to meet you, and you're just, you just feel this guilt, or you just feel this, like, need to want to help. And I wanted to also answer Aisha's question from earlier. I don't feel guilt if I don't help people. Um, because I know for me to say no, it means I, I'm not able to do it. So wh why should I feel guilty, you know, about that? So, yeah, for me as well, to balance it, like, don't do past yourself don't don't show off what you don't have like it's gonna put you in more trouble than most like i know people who borrow money to spend at home when they go home i know people who take credit card loans and yeah please just just don't do that don't use it to flex because you're making you're gonna make life difficult for yourself and for other people who are living their lives low-key Another thing is, if you're earning a salary like me, like you have no business not putting maybe direct debits so that when your salary comes in, you are automatically pulling your savings away from that. You're pulling whatever you need to invest. You are pulling what you need for your upkeep. Whatever is left, if there's any left, that is, because we need to be realistic. Sometimes people leave, you know, on... A salary that isn't even enough for them and those same people still have to pay black tax so by the time you've pulled all those necessities out if you still feel like oh you have enough to give other people left to you but what that would do is that that money is not sitting in your account it's not in your accessible account please 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 if you have if you're earning a salary and you're earning above at least what you spend in a month please try to make sure you're pulling savings away, at least via direct debit. Because if the money is in your normal account, people are going to come to you and you spend that money. And also not having a direct access to that, to that money because people borrow money for people. So some people are just so... They, they, they can't say no. And I think saying, learning to say no when and how is actually also very important here. Yeah. They just find themselves wanting to help everybody. And some people know this as your weakness. So they will always come and use it against you, which is actually a bad behavior anyways. If you're like that and you're listening to this, change your ways. Stop stop um, taking advantage mm -hmm. of people. Yes. Stop taking advantage of their weaknesses. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. If only people will listen. For me, Sha, I always say, like, I think someone gave me a tip as well that, if you really have this money and it's scratching your hand, okay, I have a budget every month that this is how much I'm going to spend. Like, if people have a budget for it, if you are truly that kind of person that is so nice that you always want to help people, okay, oh, maybe 5K, maybe 2K, that's your budget. If one person comes and takes it, that's all, nothing else, it's gone. 
you don't have any border you don't have any bandwidth but if you don't do it like if you don't put boundaries if you don't do these things it's just going to continue you know almost for the rest of your life like really is that really what you want to do this is a big problem and it's keeping a lot of our youths to you know poor or in that perpetual circle of as they are earning money they are funneling it into certain people and they themselves don't even have enough to invest in their own growth. Like if you are stuck in a position, think about it. How are you going to continue to help these people? Yeah. So, so boundaries, help yourself. Boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries is actually very important. Like, and also proper planning, budgeting. I was going to give an example of something that happened to me earlier when you were talking about um trying to like budget to move your um, transportation, feeding and whatnot. So I downloaded an app recently that helps with that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, you know what? Let me just sort out my, my income. So I was trying to like just put like um write down everything I spend money on. And Anifa, to my greatest surprise, when I was done, it was exactly my income. Like I was shocked. Like this, I was like, how? Like how? So I'm not trying to imagine me not putting that down and just thinking, oh, I have this. Um, I just, you know what, it is there. And subconsciously, I keep thinking, oh, I I probably had more than my needs, like more than more than I need to cater for myself. And I was like, oh, I can always come through for this person, no problem. Before I know it, I'm like, I'm broke, broke, broke. So I think proper planning, um, I, I feel putting figures to these things up, yeah. Like, put figures to it, write it down. Don't just, don't just, like, calculate money in your head. Some people are good with it. I know people that use Excel sheets, people that use... Mm-hmm. I, I, and there's this annoying notion of, I, I hear from people where they're like, yeah, cuckoo, in kota and jeno, kola, like, we are not, we are eating more than we earn. And you know God is doing it like oh, oh. We're, we're finding a way. Is a lie. You are not. Generation. You are in debt. Our you are in debt. Way. You are borrowing money from people to live. So please budget, like I said. Most of like, them live today. Put pen and to allow to understand to where your money is going. See, don't mind them. Tomorrow did not take it. They had um, all this um, what they call it societies where they'll contribute money. They'll collect money many of our parents that's what they used to you know manage themselves they had all these um cooperative societies exactly they will now come and be saying we are eating more than we are any yes because you have cooperative money you collect you in this generation how many of you are in a cooperative how many of you still have that so you need to get like people need to get their shit together oh i remember when i started working here yeah, and i was just planning pro- um, how, to, how to properly budget my money and somebody was telling me ha you are going to be stingy this is an act of stinginess i'm like so i'm just supposed to put money in my accounts and be spending it to eat be spending it to give people like am i not supposed to know how much like goes to each of my each of my needs like how does stinginess or being being all they call this thing comes into place in this conversation. I was like, you know what? It's not your fault. I, I mean, I'm not ready to live from month to month, and I'm not ready to live like let tomorrow take care of it. So, like most of your mentality, like most of your mentality, you guys have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know how, like, in every family, there's always that black sheep, maybe an uncle or an auntie that 
somehow they when they became adult or they figured out their lives they just they put the whole family at a distance like, i'm not saying put your family at a distance or like it's usually those ones that people say ah oh is stingy she's stingy those people just simply have their shits together and i'm sorry to say yes there are some stingy people but we have a way of shaming the people who do the right thing you know back home and i've seen it play out often in fact the kind of things we glorify let's not even start that conversation in this particular episode but we reward bad behavior a lot at home and we 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 shame proper behavior like how on earth is someone who plans according to their income and they don't do more than you know what they can carry how is it something you know to shame someone with why should someone be telling you you are stingy because you are planning because you don't want to be caught by surprise when your account balance remains because i want to be conscious of my idea the person is shaming you so all these things also like societally we are conditioned to it is see if you are a nigerian and you are not a show off you don't do like you are not the norm that's like that's just the um let's be honest like nigeria glorifies you being loud you know you showing off like humility is not in our it's not in our vocabulary at all in fact let me be precise yoruba people Yoruba people, because that's where I'm from. I know my people. If you are humble, if you just you know put your head down, do your work, manage your finances, ah, they'll most likely they won't like you because ah, you don't spend money, you don't do past yourself. But if you are even if you are in debt somewhere, as long as they don't know, and you are coming and spending money, and you know this one take that one take, and hey, that's what people like. But at whose expense are you doing all those things? Because it's not just affecting you financially, it's going to affect you mentally. Because the moment you can't stop, you can't do all those things you have been putting on a facade to do, then they're going to hate you. And do, do you know how, like, mentally it affects you when people seem to love you one day and they don't, they can't stand you the next day? So, all of these things we are saying, like, we know where we are from right now and we know where we are at. We know what we deal with as individuals. And most likely what, you know, some of our listeners even also deal with. Like, I've had cases where even students in university, they have to basically share their scholarship money with people back home just because they know they've gotten scholarships. And most people get these scholarships because, oh, maybe they are indigent or maybe they are really good. And that's supposed to help with your studies. But because you just have this whole mentality of, oh, you have to pay black tax. Even before you are fully independent, even before you are fully formed, you are already in that mode where you are funneling black tax, you know, back to people. Like, we need to ask ourselves the, like, real truth. The real questions that need to be asked. Like, if you don't do that thing, is it going to kill that person? Will they not survive? One thing just occurred to me right now. Do you know how we've been talking about uh, silent expectations, things like that, or friends reaching out to you? What about cases where your own parents, it's be your own parent, though, mm, 
call you up and say, hey, so, so, so person wants to do a wedding. You know, you should contribute. You should send them something. You should call them. Like, basically, your parents being the ones to come and drag you into this extra loud, loud, loud expectation. Like, why? Why do they do that to us? Why? Why? <laughs> like they will not start guilt tripping you like eh eh say you know now just do it like ma i have like plans i have a pl- it's just so stressful i don't know but man those generation i hail them <laughs> the way they live their life they won't carry responsibility that is not their own. Carry it to it's their own. It's not their own, no. But they know that and if I and if I gallant. And if I come now. <laughs> come come I miss on this. This is one of the reasons why I love my mother, you know. Those things they are kind of like suggestions. And once I open up and tell her, look, Male, nothing deal, no stress. But I've actually heard cases where people put like it'd it be like a choke for them that ah, you must do it me you know now do it you want me to disgrace me that kind of thing i'm like even our parents sometimes like we need to it's hard to tell them no but sometimes like we just need to tell them because imagine you you just paid your bills deadly and your mom or your dad is calling and hey, you have to contribute 200k to this person you know for some weird reason but yeah, like I, I just thought to bring it up because I know sometimes like it's it's coming from close quarters that is very hard to decline. But please don't kill yourself. If you can't afford it, just open up and tell them. Don't go and collect loan. No. Yeah, you see, I'm saying it. Mm. They say, they say. Mm. <laughs> so we've actually discussed a lot. We've talked about black tax in general, um, the origin, how we thought um, the old cycle started. Also, we've mentioned how we've been able to manage it, if we've benefited from it um, or if we've been affected by it and how we've been able to like balance the situation. We made mention of setting boundaries, having budget and also learning to say no. We also shared some tips about how you can properly manage black tax and handle the situation. We also shared our perspective as Muslims on how paying tax on our income has helped or is meant to help the society. Yeah, let us know if you've been affected by black tax, if you've also benefited from it, um, how you've been able to manage it. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.